never change, no matter the time. You are good Every day gets sweeter. Every day gets better. Every day gets sweeter. Every day gets better. Every day gets sweeter. Every day gets better. Every day gets sweeter. Just when I thought you ran out of things to do, you keep on Just when I thought you ran out of ways to move, you keep on Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Oh my God. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Oh my God. Keep on
So I just want y'all to take heart. God says he is coming and he's defending his name. And I am excited to see his goodness and his love towards us. Amen.
But you know, when they have to come to our country, to missionaries to us, because we're in poor condition, we need to rise up, go deeper, and we really need to, to touch the hem of the garment and keep on praying for the United States. Amen.
and he started to sink because he took his eyes off him. But he didn't let him go. See, Jesus reached down and grabbed him with his hand and wouldn't let him go. And he pulled him right back to the top of the water. He pulled him right back up. And I, and I don't think it's... You're talking about Peter, the one that, that they, they said is the rock that they're going to build. His faith is the rock. So when I think about that, Peter walked off intentionally to chase the father, and he still sunk. <laughs> the one that had complete faith, he still sunk. He's also the one that denied him three times. And God never let go of him. He grabbed a hold of him and never let go. And he denied him three times. So I think some people, we walk off the boat in faith and sometimes we just fall off the boat. Sometimes we just fall off the boat. And he says, even if you just fall off the boat, I'm not going to let you go. Even if you just fell off the boat, I'm not going to let you go. I love you that much. So whether we choose to chase him and it's so difficult and it's so hard that we're chasing him out of faith and he's right there to grab a hold of us and love us and pull us through it, or we simply fall off the boat us just as much and he's going to grab a hold of us and he's going to pull us through the storm we just got to trust that he wants that we just got to trust that he loves us that much where he's not going to let us sink mm. i just feel that this morning that, that life's taking a change for some people and man you just gotta stand strong and let him grab a hold of you and get you through it because you fell off the boat Sometimes life moves at a fast pace, makes sharp turns that you didn't even think it was going to make. And because of that sharp turn, you fell off the boat. And he just grabbed right hold of you. And he says, I'm right there, his hand's in the water, his hand's reaching out to you, and all you got to do is grab it. All you have to do is grab it. You can't outrun him, <laughs> can't outswim him, you can't get away. He's always standing there with open arms, and all we have to do is simply accept it.
up out of whatever storm's out there. You define what that storm is, not us. Come on. Yeah, come on. Let that minister to you this morning. That everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Yes. Yes, it is. at the storm, y'all. <laughs> it's just how it is. Come on. Everything's going to be all right. There's joy in the morning. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Peace. Come on. Peace. Uh, come on. Come on. There's joy in the morning. Peace. Come on. Come on. There's joy in the morning. Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that this morning? Come on. You got to feel that this morning. It's going to be good. It's going to be good because he has his hands all over this. Mm. Remember, we can't hang on to it and expect him to take, take control over it. We got to release it to him. Let him have it. Let him have it. Let him have it. Release it. Come on. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We surrender everything to you. We don't want to hold it anymore, Lord. We don't want to hang on to it anymore, Father. We want to give it to you. So, Father, we ask you to take it from us right now. Take it from us, Lord. Bring us peace and joy. Father, we laugh at what the enemy is trying to do. We laugh at the situations that, that are in front of us right now because we know what's on the other side of that, Lord. We know what you're going to pull us through, Father. We just surrender it to you. So, Father, this morning we say, have your way. We say, have your way this morning. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we thank you for your warm embrace. We thank you for your love. Ah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just love you. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen and amen and amen. Come on. 
Before we break and, and pray over the kids, I want to just let her share. Don't leave. I won't leave. Over I got here. you. I got you. I got you. Okay, sorry. I don't normally do this, and I don't like being up here. I went with Miss Judith Friday night, and I've been on a few mission trips, and I consider this was a mini trip. Come on. So we went to our sister city, Selma. And I don't know how many of you know about Selma, but Selma has been under demonic powers and oppression for a very long time. Yep, yep. And is known for gangs and drugs and all kind of things. And Miss Judith is from there, and she has been praying consistently for her town, her hometown, for a long time. And she asked me if I would like to go, and I said yes. So we went. In the church that we went to, there were, I say, 10 Koreans there that came to this country to pray for our country and specifically for Selma. Yeah. Mm. Normally I sit in the front because I can be a people watcher and I don't like to get distracted. So, but we sat in the back and as we were sitting back there and praying and worshiping and I was sitting there and then towards the end before we left, um, the group got up and went on stage, and they were in a circle together, praying in the spirit. And you could tell it was in the spirit, even though I don't know Korean. I knew they were praying in the spirit. Yeah. And they had been praying in the spirit prior to that, but when they got up in a circle, they were praying. And I mean, they are loud. They are not mumbling. They are not little quiet prayer. They are loud. It gets your attention. Yeah. So they were praying, and then as we're watching, God spoke to me. And I want to preface this that I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. I'm pointing at me, too. But I could see, and it just broke my heart, that these people, he, the, the main guy explained that they are a church well-known for prayer. Like, they are serious prayers. They pray every morning at five to for like two hours they go to prayer morning prayer for two hours five days a week they have church service on wednesday night they have a service on friday they have a church service four or five church services on sunday and they also have a prayer time from 12 um, a.m to 2 a.m several nights during the week these are people that work have families all these things but they are serious about prayer. There's nothing not serious about this. They spend hours upon hours praying for others as well as their self and their own country. So as I was sitting there, God showed me, these people came here to pray for our country, our city. They prayed days before they left, they fasted, they prayed. And yet, as I'm sitting there watching, I was a watcher, the people in that church were sitting there watching them pray. How sad is that? That these people come to your country, they, they sacrificed a lot to get here to pray, and you're watching them. 
we are no more serious about prayer than I, I don't even know. We put things ahead of our prayer life and time with God. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not pointing fingers. But how serious are we about prayer? I have been neg negligent my own self. I, I'm not saying I'm not. But do we actually put that much time and energy into praying for our families, our cities, and our country that is going, sad to say, to hell in a handbasket if we don't turn around and start getting serious? God is saying, how dare you put me to the side for your little activities? How dare you put me to the side because you don't have time to pray for your own people? How dare you put me to the side because you can't get up in the morning? How dare you put me to the side because you don't want to go tonight because I might get home late and I'll be tired for work. We need to change things. We need to think about God instead of ourselves and Amen. our selfish desires. Amen. 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 <laughs> we We'll have band-aids at the door. Um, I will give you the, the, the option because you know, God's been speaking this to us. And, and unfortunately, today might be a band-aid day. I encourage you to stay longer than this. <laughs> it's fixing to get good in here. So, uh, man, so good, so good, so good. Um, man, we want to uh, bless our kids. We're going to release our kids here in a second to uh, head out to children's ministry. So come on, let's just pray over the kids. If everybody could, let's just pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for these children. We thank you that you've entrusted us with them. Father, we thank you for each little heart, each little mind. Father God, we know you're going to do something amazing in them today. Fill them with wisdom and knowledge, Father God. Give them purpose, Father God. Just give them strength and courage to be who you made them to be, Father. So Father, we release them this morning, Father, to, to our children's ministry. Father, bless them and be with them. Father, be with the leaders in there and give them a special word for these kids. We love them and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, as we uh, come on, yeah, we can. Um, we're going to, I'm going to pray over our offering. If you want to give this morning, if God's put that on your heart to give this morning, we're going to be taking a 10 minute break. We'll have the baskets up here. Uh, you can give this morning, but let me pray over that offering. You can give online. We have a lot of people that give online. So thank you for giving online. So father, we just love you. and We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we have a heart to give. I thank you for a family that just loves to give. So father, we thank you that we can come together in a place that you gave us father, that, that, that as we give, you give and father, we just thank you for that. So Lord, Lord, bless this house. Bless this offering this morning. We surrender to you. Have your way. Touch the hearts in this house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, we'll be right back in about 10 minutes. Go get a drink and we'll reconvene.
nothing left in reserve Nothing waiting for another day Without caution, Lord, I want to give it all away Give it all away Some people may say, why this I've seen the price you've paid I've seen the life you gave So I freely lay mine down tonight I give it all away
five, four, three, two, one. We even have a countdown on that thing. Come on. Nobody's paying attention. I love our family when nobody pays attention. <laughs> no, nah, this is good stuff. This is good stuff, y'all. I love it. We get so wrapped up in family, we don't want to hear, hear the pastor talk. That's good. This ain't about me. Not one bit. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, that was the first one. Okay, now let's get everybody awake. Now put your coffee down. How's everybody doing this morning? <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's so much better when everybody is, you know, I told you to go get coffee, and then I told you to get it out of your hands. Make some noise. Come on, good stuff. Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place. We love you guys. Man, we're just excited you're here, and we're excited about what God's doing. Uh, man, he's just doing some amazing things. So um, we're just excited. And I want to just jump into some notes and, and uh, stuff this morning. If you are new, you're a first-time guest, or you've been here a bit but hadn't let us know you've been here, uh, so I've probably been hugging you for a couple weeks and you still don't know who I am. Do me a favor, fill out a connect card. <laughs> like, let, let us know that you're, you come through here and then I'll be able to reach out to you, uh, pray for you. Uh, we can love on your family. We can, we can do all that stuff. You can download that online or you can fill one out at Connection Point. That's the big wooden desk out in the foyer. So love to have you fill that stuff out. Uh, a couple things go, oh, if you, if you want to download our app, this is big. So download our app. There's a lot of information on our app, y'all. Um, not just like website information, but we do push notifications through our app. So in other words, man, I, I'm, I'm, can someone turn my mic up? I'm trying to talk over a large group over here. All right, there we go. That's better. <laughs> I'm ground people. You, you ever see me ground somebody? Y'all getting grounded. Yeah, download the app. <laughs> But we do. We actually do push notifications. You guys get notified when we're making changes or doing events. It'll push right across your phone if you activate that. So if you're not getting those and you have the app, get on there and activate your push notifications. That's the best way to stay up to speed on what's going on here uh, and everything going on. So uh, a couple things I uh, want to talk about real quick. Uh, upcoming events. We have our uh, Dream Lab next week for our Kingdom class. So next week, uh, Kevin and Crystal are going to be teaching the Dream Lab. They started about dream interpretation last time they taught, and now they're going to... Uh, Put that they're gonna uh, apply that this is more the application stage it's the lab stage so um you know this is a four credit hour class uh so this is the lab part of that i need you to need you to show up for that or you're gonna fail um but these are the rest of the nine o'clock on sundays we teach these over in the annex so if you see something up there please put it on your list i'm excited about the 28th of may that's uh scott and holly bandy they went to israel and they came back they're excited about that they've been sharing what god's been doing uh what he showed them over there so show up to that because they're going to get to share a bunch of stuff about israel and how that went and our goal i told him is uh he wants to really plan something even for next year uh where we get to take a group of people that want to go to israel so so yeah, start praying about that. They're, it's expensive, but we can do it if we start planning ahead of time. And you really want to put your, uh, you know, invest into that. What an awesome trip. So he's going to be talking about that. Uh, really good stuff. And so we appreciate them and everything they want to share after doing that. Today, after service, is a worship and production meeting right after church. So this is going to be uh, everybody that's in worship or production. Or if you want to be part of this, if you're like, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to help with slides and graphics or even video cameras. or Because uh, we, we have a whole online producing center in the back that we have people that sit back there all the time and make sure that people online are getting fed. So if they're responding to things, they're back there checking things, they're switching cameras. We, there's a lot that goes into this so you can watch online. 
Uh, but also, if you play an instrument and you hadn't told us yet, or, or you sing, what a great opportunity to come out and talk with Ryan and Allison. They're going to put this on today right after church. And look, food's provided. <laughs> You're all like, I think I can sing. Does humming count? I can hum. Like, come on, I, I can play my keys. Does that work? Yes, it does. All that works. We'll take it all. Um, so, so be here after. Uh, we also have uh, Kevin is going to be teaching on Wednesdays on the 10th and 24th of this month called The Art of Hearing God. So uh, he's teaching this on a Wednesday evening right in the sanctuary. It's prophetic. So he's talking about the prophetic and how you apply that uh, in your life and what you can do. He's teaching it to the students. But he also knows it's that important that he wants to teach it to you. So if you're interested, the students have said you can use their sanctuary on Wednesday. And you can come join them. And Kevin will be teaching on that uh, and, and making sure we get uh, all that good information. So be here on those Wednesdays. Um, also, this Saturday coming up, this Saturday is our Praise in the Park. Wow. Okay. And this Saturday is the quiet time in the park. We're just going to go out there and stand. No, we're actually going to go out and praise in the park. I don't have a slide for this. Uh, we probably had one buried in somewhere. But here's the thing. We joined in with a bunch of churches. It got postponed. It was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but because of weather, it got postponed. So this Saturday, Millbrook Village Green, um, we have several churches. There's like five or, no, sorry, six churches coming together. Uh, and we have worship down there. We're going to be praying for everybody. We're going to take back the city. Okay, and it, this is the first step in that. I believe we're supposed to do this once a month. Um, we just happened to come alongside other churches that planned on doing it. So how awesome is that? So we get to go out there and be part of that. We're actually going to be cooking uh, and feeding everybody hot dogs and chips. And so we're going to need help with all that. We're going to need help getting this thing set up. It's all going to be Saturday. Uh, I think starting, it starts at four, but we have to be there early. So if you really want to help out with this, you can get a hold of Cassandra. You can get a hold of me. You can get a hold of uh, Kevin, um, whatever we're going to do, we have to get stuff down there. We have to set up and then we're going to pray for people, worship as a family. It should be done. You know, if we want to put God in a box, it should be done right around six. <laughs> I just really think that when we start coming in unison with other churches and we're all in unity and we're doing this together, that the Holy Ghost can just move in any way he wants to. And we've, that's one thing we truly agreed upon as other churches from all different denominations was that we're going to do this, but whatever the Holy Ghost wants to do, we're just going to let them do it. I mean, that's awesome. So just come expecting, come expecting to pour into people, come expecting to be part of something bigger than us uh, Saturday. And you get, there's food down there. It's all free. So just come on out and get some food and hang out for a bit. Um, and like I said, this will be the first one of this. Uh, senior appreciation, we're going to do, uh, we're going to celebrate our high school seniors and that's going to be on May 21st. So scan that code. If you have a high school senior, we've already had a bunch of them reach out to us, but we want to make sure we honor them the right way. Miss Sharon, I'm going to celebrate you. We're going to celebrate seniors. Don't worry. We got you. We celebrate you every day. Uh, <laughs> Ken, we'll take care of you too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. So good. But yes, so if you have a, a graduating senior, uh, please let us know. And maybe they weren't part of uh, the youth ministry. That's okay. That's, that's perfectly okay. Well, we want to honor them. We want to send them off. We want to pray for them. We want to prepare them for what's next uh, in their life. So that's really good. All right. I think that, is there anything else, Amber? Am I good? Thank you. Whew. All right. Here we go. After four hours of service, it's time for me to speak. 
Father, I love you and I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you. Father, just continue to touch my lips this morning. Touch my heart this morning. Let this be all of you, Father, and none of me. I just love you, Lord, and I thank you for what you're doing in this family. So, Father, let this be something that propels us forward, Father, in everything you want us to do. Father, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ah, all right. So last night, God kind of put a bunch of stuff on my heart about what to speak about today, uh, which aligned with a lot of things that I've already heard this morning. So this, this morning, I want to talk about boundaries. I want to talk about boundaries. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go after this, um, but I just know... Um, we put boundaries up in our life. I mean, this is, this is kind of what we've done. Boundaries are things that we've kind of put in place for protection in our life. We said there's going to be boundaries in what I do, boundaries for my kids, boundaries for all that. They're like safeguards we put up and say, hey, this is, this is my line, right? This is my line. I'm not crossing this line and you're not crossing the line. Um, and that's what boundaries are. I think about this, you know, we draw them in the sand and say that like that's our limit right there and there are boundaries we put in. I think about it this way. Our kids had a boundary. You know, our kids, when we moved back from, we were overseas for eight years. We lived overseas. Absolutely loved overseas life. There was peace. There was comfort. We didn't worry about things. And when we had to come back to the States and we moved into a wonderful development, we put boundaries on our kids. We said, you cannot leave the backyard because somebody's going to take you. We live in the United States of America. Seriously, there was an instant fear over us to come back to the U.S. Because all we heard on the news was, man, kids, Amber Alerts and this, and kids are being taken. And we're like, we're used to our kids in Japan and Republic of Panama. They're just running around. We have people bringing our kids back. (laughs) You're like, where's my kid at? They're like, it's got to be yours. He's pale, white, with red hair. Ain't nobody here like that. We're like, we've been searching for him for five days. No, I'm just messing. (laughs) But we didn't really have boundaries. But in the States, we did. Fear brought boundaries. We came back and I said, out of fear, I'm going to put a boundary. I'm going to say, you can't extend past. So we were very serious about that. We had a fenced-in backyard. I said, you can play outside. I mean, this is not a bad neighborhood. It was a really nice neighborhood. There's a golf course. There's all, like, and I was like, nope, stay in the backyard. Stay in the backyard. You cannot walk out there. There's like evil people that drive through neighborhoods like ours and they just snatch you up. Right? Boundaries. That's what it was. I remember, you know, even in the, uh, when I was younger, who, who had boundaries when they were young? Yeah, a couple. There's some of us. You know what my boundary was? Hey, uh, it's sunlight. Get out of the house. Um, and I need you back home when it's dark. That was it. Like, if you didn't eat breakfast, figure it out. You're out running around, figure it out. You're going to eat something. Eat berries. I don't care what you eat. Like, all that stuff's healthy. Like, I lived out in the, like, country, so I would disappear in the woods for 12 hours. Not one holler. We didn't have cell phones, right? I had none of that stuff. You just disappear. And they would just expect that around dinner time, before it got dark, before the lights came on, that's what my wife would say, before the, when, when the street lights came on, you better be marching your butt back into the house. So that was your only boundary, was just be home for dinner. Other than that, but, but nowadays, oh my gosh, Right? We have boundaries everywhere that we set up for our kids, our families, to protect us from stuff that we shouldn't be fearful of. Shouldn't be fearful of, but we have boundaries. (sighs) 
So I got to ask you this, because this is where God was taking me last night in this. What kind of boundaries have you set up in your life when it comes to trusting Jesus? What boundaries have you put in play that you said, man, I'm good, but don't cross that line. Like, I'm really good with this, but if you cross that line, I can't do it. It's like a faith boundary. It's like a, I'm all in except. I'm all in except boundary. That's what it is. So, so what are the stipulations you put on your faith? Like I said, there's going to be band-aids at the door when we leave. But I believe this is something we need to hear. This is important stuff. This is important stuff. And, and it, it, when I'm speaking of boundaries, I'm thinking about all kinds of things. But for some people, you say, yeah, I'll go to church uh, as long as it fits into this time frame on this day for this long I'm good. Uh, I'll worship as long as, you know, everybody's on stage. But if you're going to pull people off stage, then uh, that's my boundary. Because I don't trust God enough to move in anything other than what I've put in my own head, my own way. So I put a, God, I put a line in the sand, man, and I'm not crossing it. And because you don't cross it, you're now not walking into what he wants to actually give you. That's sad. But we do this. I'm speaking to myself. Like we do this. Um, it's that simple. It's, it's, well, you know, I, I, I would love to come up and pray on a Monday, but man, I really, I worked all day. I'm kind of tired. So Lord, tell you what, as long as I don't have to leave my house, I'll pray. Right? I mean, this is, this is what God put on my heart last night. Miss Sharon comes up here and shares something like that. I was like, oh Lord, I know it's going to get real. When I got people out of the congregation coming up saying, Lord told me to say this. And I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble this morning. We, we put it on everything. Sometimes our boundaries are, I'm really good as long as my friends are really good with it. But if this doesn't agree with what my friends want, then I'm not going to do it. Because they're, they're really calling me names or they think that I'm, I'm gone all in and I'm weird now because I do this. Can I tell you, when, when I got born again, I lost every friend I had. And every one of them. But if I would have put a boundary up, I would have been like, well, okay, I'll just... I'll hang out with you guys anyway, and I'll let God do what he wants to do on the side somewhere, right? So, so what boundaries have we put out there between friends, family? It gets real. When it comes to your faith, sometimes that affects your family because not everybody in your family walks the way you want to walk. Not everybody's been through what you've been through. Not everybody is walking through what you're walking through. Not everybody carries the same faith as you. And you got to take that and you got to push that aside. And you can't put a boundary in the sand and say, I'm never going to cross this. Man. <laughs> so I think there's boundaries that uh, stop us from truly experiencing what God wants to do in our life. But if we stay tethered to him, if we stay locked on to him as he goes through this, as he walks us through things, he's going to show us things. It's, this, look, this is not supposed to look like everything else. Church is not supposed to look like every church. Every church would be different. The walk of this family where God's taking us, I believe is a special place for us. Will it look different? Yeah. Some of you might put a boundary and said, well, I don't invite my friends to church because, well, we're kind of weird. Good, invite your friends to church because that's what will wreck them when they walk in the wall, in, in these walls. You know, I learned uh, from Brother Bo. Uh, that I'm not allowed to say no for people. 
You're not allowed to say no for your friends, your family, people you run into. You're not allowed to say you, you can't come to, I'm not even going to bring it up. Your job is to say, hey, God loves you so much. And they're going, yeah, but you're different. I am different. But why don't you come check it out? Let me show you the family I'm part of. Let them say no. You don't get to say no for them. And I'm not, look, I'm not trying to build a big church. Trust me. I would love this. This is not about building a big church. This is about getting people to understand who they are so they can start operating in a freedom in their life. God can set them free. Maybe they'll go start their own church. I don't care. But what the point is, is that, that we can't, you know, there's boundaries we put in our life where we say it's good for me, but it's not good for somebody else. Well, I understand because I've been here for 18 years. Like, um, this is just kind of home, but I really don't want to invite anybody because I'm kind of embarrassed because they're going to come in. I might have to explain every step to them. When they go, why are there people singing from all over the corners of the church? Okay, well, let me, let me tell you why. Let me, let me prepare you. Like, this is going to be different. Look, man, don't put boundaries in your life. Let God do what God wants to do. Get the boundaries out of there. He might tell you to come in and worship facing the back wall. We've done that once. I turned y'all around. Stare at the back wall and we worshiped. Look, what is God calling you to that you are not answering the call because you said, I put a boundary in my life and said, I refuse to step over that line. That's too much. He's about too much. That's who he is. He's not about this is it. This is just the beginning. The kingdom will look nothing like this. Like we are such babies in this walk. He said, trust me and let me take you to a whole nother level. But he wants you to scribble out that line, move that line. He said, just let me do what I want to do. If he's telling you to do it, quit hiding behind a line you drew in the sand because you think that's, that's right. You, you better be talking to him before you declare what's right. I, I don't know if it's going to get easier. <laughs> I'm just coming at you. This. You guys good at this? You guys okay this morning? Come on. Here, I want to give you an example. Go to John 19. I'm going to read John 19. 1 through 16, because I like to read the Bible. And I figure when I read this, you're going to pretty much understand what I'm saying. John 19, 1 through 16. It'll be up on the screen so you can follow along if you don't have it. This is right after Jesus was taken in. It says, then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews. They mocked as they slapped him across his face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe and Pilate said, look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and temple guards began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. These are the leading priests and temple guards, the religious people that said, you can only go so far. We can't cross that line. There's no way the Messiah is coming. That can't be him. These are the priests and the temple guards saying, crucify him. Take him yourself and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The man that controls his life is telling people, I found him not guilty. He has a right to declare whatever he wants in that situation. And he's telling them, I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. Man, there's a line in the sand right there. 
you're saying that, that he'll never show up. You know how many times I thought, how many times is Jesus sitting right in front of me? And I'm not helping somebody or I'm not praying over somebody and it's really just him sitting there going, are you serious? You say you're going to do all this stuff. You say, you, you pray the way this, you pray, give me an opportunity to make a difference. You pray, use me in a mighty way. And I just put myself in front of you that didn't look like myself and you drew a line in the sand and you won't cross it. So when Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. So he was frightened now. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, if you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. And when, when they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat on the platform that is called the stone pavement or Gabbatha. It was now about noon on the day of the preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, look, here's your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. He had all the right to stop it. But he was worried about what everybody else thought. Now, did it play out to our advantage? Well, absolutely. But the thing is, is he already knew it was wrong. He already knew that he wasn't guilty. But because of what other people said, how other people said, but he's trying to please people. Can I tell you, we're not going to be a church that pleases people. I'm just trying to be real. I love your opinions. I love your suggestions and I will listen to them. And if God lays it on my heart, I'm more than willing to change things and do things. Oh, Lord. But if you think you have a right to come in and tell me how to lead a church, that's wrong. You got to trust that I'm hearing from the Lord. And we have stuff for that. I mean, honestly, and you can go to elders and all that stuff. But what I'm saying, I'm not trying to be like, I'm not putting my foot down and saying we do this. We don't do this. I don't have this problem. I'm just letting you know that I'm not going to people please. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to bend over because people go, well, that's not what I like because that's not what I grew up in and this is how it should be or I'm leaving. Well, if your way doesn't match with the way the Lord told me to lead, then you're leaving. And I'm going to love you out the door. I'm going to help you to a new church. I'm going to help you get plugged in somewhere and I'm going to love you through it. And I'll love you after that because we don't care. Jules and I made this agreement. We don't care where anybody goes to church. We love you. If God puts you in our life, we're going to love you. We're going to love you wherever you go. I'm just, this didn't happen. How long did he live with that? Whew. He wouldn't stand up to the people. The religious people. Let me see. I didn't bring my water up here. Oh, 
That's my problem. I didn't bring my coffee either. I need some coffee. I'm definitely not awake yet. So how do you respond when you feel like you should do something in your heart, but it goes against the grain of what everybody else does? How do you respond to that? Do you actually pray about it? Do you listen to the Lord? And if the Lord tells you, this is what I want you to do, how far are you willing to go? Especially when people aren't standing behind you. Especially when people are like, yeah, that's a little even out there for us. This is, this is serious stuff. The only thing that stops you is because you put a boundary. You said, I trust you, Lord, but only with certain things, only so far. And if you actually know his voice, if you seek him with all your heart and you understand who he is, and he tells you to move, you move. It's called obedience. It's called walking in the Lord, walking with him. That's it. And if he tells you to do something and you know it's him, then you should be doing it, right? Even if it doesn't feel comfortable or look comfortable or even... I, because trust me, we've got to do some stuff. Like, we, we used to not be like this. You understand? <laughs> it's been four years. Like, we never had staffs or flags or shofars or, you know, we, we do any of that. We were very structured. It was like, you know, you get 30 minutes of worship and then you only get like 35 minutes to preach and you got to get people home. Can I tell you, man, we were a lot larger than, yeah, we had like 700 people in here, three services. It was jam-packed, but it was about this deep. And when the wind blew and the storm came, you'd lose half the people because they were coming to please. They were coming to say, I go to church. Man, and he just told me that's not how it's going to be. We need to get solid. We need to get planted. We need to keep our feet planted in the ground because the storms are going to come. And the closer we are connected to him, the closer we have a foundation that's gonna keep us solid where we're at, man, we can stand firm and we can do what he wants us to do, which is all he's waiting on. There's 10 gazillion churches in Alabama and there's a whole bunch of them that open the doors and shut the door and you're home within an hour. But it's funny how he's not changing anything. So something's wrong. We're doing it wrong. There has to be a better way to do it if we've been doing it this long and nothing's changing. I mean, you can keep doing the same thing and expecting something different. And that's what? Insanity? Yeah. So how long have we been doing church the same way? And we're in the same position. Come on. So it takes a little bit something different. It takes a change. And we don't like change. I understand that. 69% of society hates change. They just don't like it. So they, they butt against it, right? And that's when people leave because they're like, well, you're changing stuff. And I was really comfortable. God doesn't want us comfortable. He wants us on the edge. He wants to take us from edge to edge to edge to edge to edge because then your faith comes in and you start believing more and more and he can start doing things in and around you. Man. Whew. Okay. This happens, you know, and it's happened in the Bible show. I want to, I just love, we're going to go to Genesis 6. Genesis 6, 9 through 22, Noah. I could just talk about it, but I love to read it. I love to read about Noah. Verse 9 in Genesis 6. 
It says this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Was he righteous? Yes. Did he walk in close fellowship with God? Yes. Both of them. He was righteous and he walked in a close fellowship with God. And because of that, he was the only one. The rest of the world was doing their own thing. And there's a lot of people. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and uh, Japheth. Japheth. I guess I got to pronounce the A, Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. So God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. So he tells him, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout the interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the, the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Okay, one. <laughs> Stop right there. I can see Noah going, what's a boat? <laughs> like, I'm going to build a what? And you start looking around town going, hey, guys, I need to build a boat. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? This is what's going on. God says, no, I'm going to flood the earth. And he's like, this don't make any sense. And then he gives them so many details on how high to make it, how long to make it. You had to walk in obedience to a T and none of it made sense. None of it made sense. But he had to walk in it. He said, look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. Lord, what's a flood? Just trust me. Build a boat. Remind me again what a boat is. Just trust me. Trust me and do what I tell you to do. I don't care what anybody thinks. He says, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, every kind of animal, and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Look, y'all, you're sitting at your house. Your neighbor's building a huge monstrosity of a, a boat in the backyard. And now all these animals start showing up. You're calling the, the HOA. <laughs> you're like, what? What is going on over here? This guy's crazy. Everybody's against him. Nobody's standing with him. Nobody thinks he's doing the right thing. He's going against the grain. Why? Because God told him to. He didn't draw a line in the sand and say, well, I'm good unless you flood this place. He said, you tell me to do it. And he did it exactly as he said. And because of that, extraordinary things happen. I mean, come on. It doesn't look fun all the time. If you were telling me that, I'm pretty sure he was also saying, where do I get those trees from? I'm sure his three sons really loved him. <laughs> all right, guys. Grab your hand saws. <laughs> We got a lot of work to do. And if you really look it up, it takes, you know, there, I guess if you really study it, it's probably anywhere from 50 to 80 years to build this thing. 
So 50 to 80 years going against the grain and everybody's asking you, that don't make any sense. Like, what are you doing? That's the biggest Airbnb I've ever seen. And he's bringing in animals. But because of that, God does something absolutely extraordinary behind him, through him. So what's your boundary? Maybe it's time and you just go, well, I'm good, but I drew a line in the sand with how much time I spend with God. Like, I mean, I gotta get up and go to work at six in the morning. I don't have time to wake up. Lord, I will speak to you on my way to work. I, I do not have the time to get up an hour ahead of time and do it. But Lord, I got kids and my time is to get them ready. So I refuse to get up and I refuse to go to bed earlier and not watch Netflix so that I can get up earlier so I can spend time with you before my day starts. You drew that line. He didn't. He just wants to be part of your life. He just wants to spend time with you. He just wants to love on you. And you got to make time for him to do that. So maybe that's your time. But Lord, I would love to go and do stuff. But man, then I, oh, then I got to get a babysitter. And then I got to do this. And I, no, I just can't do that. I just drew a line. I'm not going to do it. If it requires me to do anything outside of, you know, my Sunday morning, then I'll just drew the line. I, I just can't do it. Some people, some people it's money. You'll do anything for God except for money. That's a big boundary for some people. And it's not a problem. Money is awesome. <laughs> like we all need money. Money's, money's amazing. So where's your boundary? When God tells you to give, and I'm not talking the law telling you to give. I'm saying when God tells you to bless somebody and give, and you don't do it, that's you putting a line in the sand saying, but Lord, I... I only have $500 in my account. You want me to give somebody $100? No. And he goes, I gave you the 500. I will take care of you. We do that a lot. This is huge. We just put a line in the sand and say, Lord, I'll do whatever as long as you don't touch that. And he goes, but I want to bless you through that. Do you understand? Like, I want to do something through you that's so powerful. And all you have to do is walk in that obedience. And like I said, I'm not talking, look, this has nothing to do. I'm not talking law. I'm not talking any of that stuff. I'm saying when he speaks to your heart and says, bless somebody, are you willing to do it? That's what he's, that's what he's saying. I love this. I'll go to Matthew 19, 16 through 24. Matthew 19, 16 through 24. It says, someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbors as yourself. He goes, I've obeyed all these commands, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give, that, give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had, he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. He's not saying you can't have money. Problem is, is that when you have money, you're so greedy about the money, he says, it corrupts your heart. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not money. Because trust me, if you're a good steward with your money and you do what God says, he wants to give you more because he knows you're going to listen to him. 
And he's going to put more people in front of you. And he goes, well, you know what? I trust your heart. So guess what I've got to do? I've got to bless you with more because I know that when I tell you to give more, you're going to give more. Right? It, it's, the, it's this love of money we have. It's, it's evil. We think we got to stick up with the Joneses. And I know we got Joneses probably in here. <laughs> yeah, it's just the same. You know, it's, it's, but, but I got to have the new car and I have to have this and I have to have that. So Lord, since, since I bought all these wonderful things so that I look like I have it all together now and our family looks like we got it together, Lord, then, then I got the big house and I got all this stuff and now we're, we're happy. So now what do you want me to do with the rest? And he says, well, I want you to go bless somebody. Well, I don't have that. And he goes, well, I gave it to you. You just chose to spend it on something for yourself. This is nothing about that. I think we could all live phenomenal. <laughs> I think we could all have the, the largest houses and the biggest. I have no problem with that. And I'm not preaching prosperity. What I'm saying is I think he wants us to have all that. But we got to have a pure heart knowing that when he speaks, we answer. You know how I would, oh, man. Like, whew. we are actually called to speak to a bunch of people that have a whole bunch of money. Could you imagine what would happen if people that have a whole bunch of money get locked into the love of God, they can change the world with their finances because they already have resources. You know, I mean, there's a ton of people that have an amazing heart and no resources, right? Man, but if we could catch the people that have all the resources and get them to understand how much God loves them, it'll change the world. Oh, anyway, uh, you guys doing okay? <laughs> Oh, get life safety out there. We're going to need to tourniquet. <laughs> Stop the bleeding, Pastor. All right. <laughs> oh, man. So what kind of cap are you going to put on your experiences and understandings? What cap have you put on it? What boundary has you, have you put in the sand that's stopping you from experiencing something absolutely phenomenal that he wants to do with you? It could be, you could, you could have put a cap on something and said, guess what? I'm good as long as I don't have to leave this area. I got my house and it's perfect. So Lord, I trust you with everything, but don't tell me to move. And then when he tells you to move and you say no, hmm, immediately, yeah. If he tells me to move, y'all are moving. We'll call Apostle Bowl in here. He'll be like, um, I'm pretty sure God says you're the pastor. Because <laughs> I'll be like, God told me to move. Like, I love y'all and I'm committed to you, but I love him. If he comes to me and says, hey, you're supposed to move to the Bahamas and start a church. <laughs> Who wants that? I can't deny the Lord, y'all. Like, like, yeah, there's sacrifices we got to pay. Sir, I want you to have a traveling ministry on all the cruise ships. Yes, sir. With all the ice cream I can eat and all the food I can eat. Lord, thank you, Jesus. You love me. I'm your favorite. But it's got to be Norwegian or Royal Caribbean. Don't put me on that carnival cruise, Lord. I'm better than that. Put my line in the sand. Come on. I'm sorry. If you'd use all those. I've never been on a cruise. We're going on a cruise, but I've never been on one. <laughs> so I, I, I'm just talking. Uh, <laughs> so how do, you, how do you overcome these? How do you overcome the boundaries that you've already put in place? This is big. Like if you already know, because I'm pretty sure as I was talking, I didn't even mention half the ones I wrote down. But I'm pretty sure I don't need to. I'm pretty sure you guys are doing a self-evaluation right now and you're looking in the mirror going, oh man, I put some boundaries up. 
So I don't need to mention them to get you to think about them. But how do you get rid of them? What, what's the step of saying, yeah, but I put them in there. How do I wipe the sand clean? That's important. And what I call it is passion. I need you to be passionate. Passion will cause you to erase any boundaries. Passion is a strong, barely controllable emotion. Think about this. Your parents gave you rules of who you could date or couldn't date. But you were passionately in love with them and you did everything you possibly could to go around what your parents said so you could date the right person. Anybody ever done that? I mean, nobody here snuck out of the house. Nobody here. You know, yeah, I love our church. It's so perfect. Thank you, Lord, for bringing perfect people. Right? I mean, think about this. Romeo and Juliet. Perfect example. You can't talk to each other. You can't be together. They were so passionate about each other. They didn't even care what anybody said. They still met up and they still did what they wanted to do. Passion will drive you to do things that goes against the grain and every rule that people put into play about what you can and can't do. It's passion. So you got to have a passion for him. And if you actually have a passion for him, he's going to drive you in so many, you can't say no. It's no longer a chore to say, I'm going to wake up an hour early to spend time with you. You're so passionate, you jump out of bed. You're so in love with him and hearing his voice and feeling his warm embrace in the morning that you can't stop. And when someone goes, hey man, you, you should come hang out with us on Sunday. We're having a big barbecue at the house. You don't understand. Like, I'm going to church, bro. Well, you can go to church any Sunday. I can, but I need to be at church this Sunday because my father's there. And I get to be around other people that have that and we get to do life together. I'll be the first one to tell you, you don't have to be here every Sunday. This is not a ruleistic, legalistic thing. I want to see your face every Sunday because I love you. And I want to do life with you. And I believe God gives me a word to give to you every Sunday. And I think that's important. But it doesn't mean that you got to change your entire life to be here. But what I'm saying is that if God asks you to be somewhere, be there. If God's telling you to be somewhere, be there and don't fall into all this other stuff with peer pressure and all this other things to not be here. But why do you do that? Because you're passionately in love with him. I love him more than I love my wife. Now my wife's a really close second. Like you're right there, baby. Like you almost. Like, like if he takes a step down just for a second, I got you. You like vice passion. He's like President Passion. You like Vice President. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> You're right there. But I love you. But here's the thing. What is it? You know, what, what, it's that passion. This, uh, a passion to live differently. A passion to, to be so loved by him that you're unique. Man, when you fall so in love with him, he starts showing you your uniqueness. He starts showing you who you really are. And then you get to walk in that. And it looks different than everybody else. And there's something about that because he made you that way. That's so cool. Like, I don't want to look like everybody else. Bo tells me to shave my head all the time. I, I look just like you. I'm not going to do that. I'll wear this little tiny hair patch right there for the rest of my life. If it makes me not look like you. <laughs> One little patch. <laughs> We're going to hang on to them. But here's my thing, is that God made you specifically the way you are. And the more you sink into him, the more you're passionate about him, the more he fills you up and gives you things that makes you different than everybody else. 
Live in your uniqueness. Live in that. Walk in that. But understand that that's how he made you, right? Be passionate about that. It makes it easy. And all of a sudden, you pull the lines down. Because when he speaks, you're just like, yes, Lord. Thank you for asking me to step out of the norm. Thank you for making me the different one. Somebody's got to walk forward. Somebody's got to build the ark, y'all. Somebody, he's just going, where is the one that's walking in fellowship with me? Where is the one that is righteous? Where is the one that understands how beloved they are? Where is the one with the right identity? Because I'm ready to move. And he's been waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to say, me. Like, me. Use me. And it's going to look different. It's going to be different. But pretty soon the different becomes the norm because people start going, hang on, there's something different about those people. They're not just weird. There's something powerful happening. There's something big moving in them. Their lives are changed. Their lives are different. They're not worrying. They're not walking in fear and anxiety. Man, they're walking around praying over people everywhere they go because some of you put a line in the sand. You said, I'll pray for somebody at church, but if you put somebody on my heart at Walmart, I am not doing that. That's just weird. I love weird. I held up an entire pharmacy line one day to pray over the pharmacist. I was like, woohoo. She was weeping. I didn't know what she was going through, but I was like, oh, this is what the Lord said. I was like, I need to say something. And you might think it's weird, but I'm gonna need you to listen because it's not weird as the Lord. Man, I'm telling you. So, so what is it? What, what is it that we're supposed to do? Because mm. it'll, it'll overpower everything, everything that the world put in us. <laughs> Man, I don't even think I need to cover some of this. All right. I love this. I want to go to uh, uh, John five thirty nine through 44. This is where the Jewish leaders come at Jesus. Shows you kind of how he responded says, you, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. This is Jesus talking. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Your approval means nothing to me. Because I know you don't have God's love within you. For I have come to you in my father's name and you have rejected me. Yet if others come in their own name, you gladly welcome them. No wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Man, come on. Hey, that hit me when I was reading this. I was like, man, I, I just got to share this because it just sparked it up in me when I heard that where it says, you gladly honor each other. It says, yet if others come in their own name, you will gladly welcome them. You Man, you'll listen to anybody. You'll watch every TikTok, you'll get online, you'll, you'll watch, you'll Google everything, you'll listen to everybody else about their opinion, how something's supposed to be before you make a decision, but you don't listen to the one voice that's supposed to stir up a passion inside of you that gets you so fired up you can't say no. But man, you'll watch everything else. You'll be like, well, the Lord told me to step over there, but let me Google that. And you know what? Uh, let me, are there any TikToks on that? Because that's a big leap. Has anybody done that before? Is this really the Lord? I mean, seriously. Like if God told you, hey, I need you to sell your house and go move to Alaska, you're going to be like, oh, well, let me see. The rates aren't right right now, Lord. Like, you understand the market's down? Maybe you meant this for later. And then you start Googling everything. You know, what well, the weather in Alaska is not that nice. Lord, I told you I like the beach. 
But seriously, we will, like, I'll be gone. I'm just letting y'all know. If he tells me to move to Alaska, I'm gone. And I'm taking whoever wants to come with me. I'm going to be like, Jerry Maguire, I'm taking the fish. <laughs> but I'm going. I'm just telling you guys, you know, these are things that, that we listen to so many other people, but we don't listen to him. But you start getting a passion inside of you when you spend time with him, when you actually like read his word, like get into this thing. This thing is so good. Like it, this is, this is, you know, <laughs> I, I heard, I heard a, a, a pastor say this, this past week, he said, man, you don't need Netflix y'all. Read this thing. This is your own Netflix right here. Like there's, everything's covered in this. You want the excitement, you want the war, you want the battles, you want this, you want this, you want that, you want, you want people fighting and you want, I mean, it's all right here. You already have it at your fingertips. You don't have to wait for the next season, flip the page. You don't gotta wait a whole year for, for the next, next season to come out. Flip the page, just keep reading. But fall so in love with this, fall so in love with him that, that you're so passionate about him. You're praying all the time. He's speaking to you all the time. That's how you break all the boundaries. Spend more time with him. Get in the word. Pray with him. Sit and pray with him. Man, let him love on you. Come on. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, look, you know this. Huh? And Jesus was all about this. You study his life. Jesus didn't do anything that lined up with society. Nothing. He put his feet and he started walking around. He's like, oh yeah, you, you're a tax collector. Everybody hates you. Come on. I'm not supposed to eat with you. Let's have a party at your house. <laughs> right? And then everybody comes and says, why are you, the Bible says, why are you eating with the scum? That's what the Pharisees are telling him. <laughs> he's like, man, you don't understand. These are the ones I'm called to love. You got it all wrong. You guys, you, you guys drew a line in the sand and Jesus said, I'm doing whatever you want, Papa. You tell me where to go, what to do, I'm all in. He set that example everywhere in the Bible. He was against every social norm that was out there. Ah. Whew. It says, I wrote this down, that the fear of our peers can create an appalling mediocrity. You become mediocre or of moderate quality or not very good. And God told me as I was writing that, that, that you're not media, mediocre. You're not built to be mediocre. You, you, you're actually built to be magnificent. He built you differently. Quit worrying about what people think. Man, don't worry about what people think. Don't even let that cross your mind. You know you struggle with it. The first time somebody tells you to do something, the first thing you think, what are people going to think about me? Mediocre. Not of good quality. Average. He goes, I didn't make you that way. I made you magnificent. <laughs> I perfectly, I made you so perfect. And I breathed life in you. And I put you down there to change the world. Now do it. But you're not going to do it the way everybody else is doing it because they're doing it wrong. You're going to do it the way I tell you to do it because it's going to be right and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. And you'll start to live in freedom when you do that. Why? Because you trust in him. You have assurance of how much he absolutely loves you and he's not going to let you fail. As you walk off the boat, he's going to pick you back up. As you try to walk this out, is there going to be hard times? Oh, come on. Look, we got, we got a family in this church that... 
that literally packed all their stuff up because they're waiting on a house. Can you believe that? A family that packed all their stuff up and they're waiting on a home because the Lord said, I'm going to give you a home. And they have to be out of the other home. And they have to be out of the home today. And they're still waiting on another home. And they can pay for a home. But things just didn't work out right. Every time. And the Lord, Lord they, they have that much faith that they didn't draw a line. They didn't draw a line. That's powerful, y'all. I want people like that around me. I want people to say, I'm not going to budge. I'll move out of the house. And I won't move into another house. I'm telling you, man, this is real stuff. And I mentioned that this morning because we're a family. I'll do this. If you know somebody renting a house, let us know. Because <laughs> that's how God works. For all I know, they're already in a house. But as of last night, they weren't. So if you know somebody renting a house, let us know. You might know somebody that's not listing it. I don't know. But here's the thing. I've watched this family walk on faith for almost, I mean, since I've known them. It's powerful, man. That is powerful. It's not, I guarantee you it's not easy on them. <laughs> I guarantee you it's not. I guarantee you they have to go, man, Lord, we need you. Get me through this. Let me walk through this. Help us through this. Show us a way. And the whole time he's saying, I need you to walk here. Do this. Do that. Trust me. Man, that's powerful, y'all. All right, I'm going to. I'm going to finish up with Matthew 13, 44. I love this story. It's pretty generic when you read it in the Bible, but I'm going to add live and give you a whole bunch of stuff that goes with it. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Passion. Imagine this guy, he's plowing a field. He's a servant. And as he's plowing the field, he hits something that rattles. And he digs it up, jumps off, digs this thing up. And it's treasure. And it's everything you can think treasure would be. It's more than he's ever held in his hand, but he doesn't own the field. It's not his. So he digs the hole, puts it back in the hole, covers it up, puts a stone over it and says, I marked my territory. That's the field. Then he goes and says, I need to own the field. He says, I'm so passionate about that treasure. I need to own the field. And he goes and he sells everything he owns. He borrows money from everybody he could borrow money from. He does everything he can to get back to the treasure. And he eventually buys it. He buys the field. And then he digs up his treasure that pays off all his bills and allows him to do amazing things on this land. Why? Because it's a treasure. What we've dug up in the field is the kingdom. What we've dug up is something that people need to tap into that people are going to want. Right? And sometimes we have to bury that down a little bit, go sell everything we own and get back there and buy the field because we're passionate about this. It has changed our life. Can I tell you this? This has changed my life. Like this has changed my life. 
And I don't know how to tell everybody that without trying to get excited and, and trying to tell them they're doing things wrong. I just know what works for me. I'd seen it work in my life. Like there was treasure in the field and I said, I got to have it. And I'm going to do anything I have to do to grab a hold of it. And that's what he's telling you this morning. Grab a hold. Like this is powerful. This is something that you can't even think of. But I want you to be so passionate about the treasure that you'll do whatever you have to do to get to it. That treasure is the kingdom. That treasure is his love. That treasure is understanding who you are. That treasure is being beloved. That treasure is, is operating in a freedom, in a willingness to do whatever he asks you to do. And when you do that, it changes lives and things happen. Man, I'm telling you, this is good. This is good. And we just have to believe that. We just have to believe that and be passionate about it. Tear down the boundaries. Tear all that stuff. The some of the boundaries, you didn't even put them up. Somebody put them up for you. Somebody spoke them into your life. Somebody put them in your life. They were put in your life by your parents, by your grandparents. Somebody said you can only go so far. <laughs> I'd laugh at that now. I was laughing this morning in worship because I was like, man, I'm just so much joy that people brought in stuff this morning and they could just walk away from it because the Lord's laughing at it. He's like, oh, is that it? <laughs> Let's get rid of it. And I'm laughing because I'm like, man, I'm not playing this game anymore. Man, I'm not playing the game anymore. We're going to walk in freedom and authority of who we are. Mm. Just fall passionately in love with him and his kingdom. Seek it with all your heart, man. And every boundary will come down. Every line will come down. And you will be free to operate wherever he wants to take you. Wherever God tells you to move, move. And just expect him to do something powerful when you move. Man, but know his voice. And you'll become limitless. So there you go. Have a passionate love affair with God. I call it a love affair because some of you love something so much more than him. I'm going to ask you to have a love affair and put him over it. Put him over what you think you, it currently has place in your heart. And pretty soon you'll be married to that and you'll be the bride and he'll be the bridegroom and man, you can't separate that and he'll start doing wonderful things in your life. Amen? Come on, you guys get something out of this this morning? Mm. Come on. Well, stand to your feet. Uh, I want to finish up today. I just want to pray for you. We're going to have a, um, Ryan's going to play some music. Take, take him down a little bit. Man. We're going to have our prayer partners at the crosses on either side if you need prayer this morning. Here's what I know. We got to get rid of the boundaries, y'all. It's time to live free. It's time to live with a passion that just overwhelmed you for him. It's time to, I call it living by the spirit, living by the wind. Let the Holy Ghost speak to you, man, and just start doing what he asked you to do. It's, it's that simple, right? It's that simple. And I know it's not always gonna look simple, but God says, I'm right there to pick you up. So if you came in with some of that this morning and this was, this was stirring up in your heart, man, you need to let that go this morning. It's okay to have somebody pray over you. It's okay to have people come in unison with you and pray for you and get on the same page. Man. I just know he wants to take us to a whole nother level. Can I tell you, in four years when we look back, I hope our church looks nothing the way it looks right now. I never want to settle in and say, this is our identity of who we are. I want him to take us one step further every weekend. Because I know if he's taking us further every weekend, I'm going further, deeper with him. And we're going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're just going to let it look like he wants to make it look. Yeah. 
man. And there's something fun about that, y'all. I just don't like to be like everybody else. Not because I think they're wrong. I just don't want to be like, I'm unique. God made me different. He made you different. And we can all be different. And that's good. That's good. Man. So that's what I want to pray over you this morning. So, Father, you just see the hearts in this room. You see what they're dealing with. You see the lines in the sand right now, Lord. So, Father, I just see a picture right now of a big, like, like blower coming in and blowing the sand all over and releasing everything, Lord. So we remove that line that was put there. We remove that line that we put in the sand. Father, we ask you to have complete control over our lives. Father, we want, Father, stir up a passion inside of everybody in this room, Lord, that they can't break away from loving you. <laughs> Come on, let, let this be a passionate love affair, Lord. Hmm. Stir that up in the hearts in this room that they'll want to spend more time with you and, and surrender more to you, Lord. So, Father, we tear down everything that was, that was constructed and we, we rip it out, Father God, and we ask for your freedom in the house, freedom in their lives, freedom in their families. Mm. Father, I pray for trust. I, I pray that there's a, there's a trust that comes over them, a freedom that comes over them, a belief that comes over them, faith that just builds up inside of them that you have them, Lord, that they can't outrun you, that you're standing right beside them, going through everything they're going through. You're right there. So, Father, we just, man, I just ask you to touch this house. Touch this house. Touch everybody watching online. Lord, we want more of you. More of you, more of you, more of you. God, tell us to build an ark, Lord, whatever it might be. Our answer is yes, Lord. Our answer is yes. So, Father, we just lift you up this, this morning. We just, man, we give you everything we have, Lord. Give you all our praise, all our honor, all our glory. Father, we just love you and we thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, guys. We love you guys. Be blessed. We look forward to seeing everybody next weekend. It's Mama's weekend. Mama's Day next weekend. Come on. Bring your mama to church. Buy her some dinner. It's about time. She's been feeding you for a long time. I love you guys. We'll see you. See you next week.